0: It's me. Ooh-wee, it's
1: me. Ooh-wee, it's me. Ooh-wee, it's me. I ain't doing nothing but talking shit. y'all gotta like, you know, encourage me the whole way long. Ow. I ain't doing nothing but talking shit. y'all gotta like, you know, encourage me the whole
2: way along. Ow. What's up, Papa? What's up, Mama? Welcome back to another episode of Nestorius Public Radio. I'm your host, Nestor Rodriguez, a.k.a. Nestorius. We're chilling out right here in downtown, beautiful, sunny, I mean, dark, dingy, shitty downtown L.A. Live from Skid Row Studios. You can check us out uh, if you aren't already. Tune in, skidrowstudios.com. You can also call one 800 893 9562 1-800-893-9562. 1-800-893-9562. We're going to roll around and uh, introduce ourselves. I got my man Rich Corbin. Richie Rich. What's up, Papa? What's up, everybody? Yeah. yeah Motherfucker got his <laughs> hair cut. Released some of his tension this week. Yeah, baby. And we got a new uh, a new uh, uh, co-host with us, young cat that I met. He's Full of fire, uh, my man Simon Kaufman was popping, baby.
3: Yeah, hypothetical, political, <laughs> lyrical, miracle whip up at Skid Row Studios, yeah. downtown Los Angeles,
2: yeah. ladies. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's for y'all that don't know. That's a jigger right there. That's a black Jew word, baby. You know it. You know it. We got all bases covered in this motherfucker. We got all bases covered in this biatch. Anyway, you guys are tuned in. Last week we were talking about. Um, Hopefully you guys tuned in uh, to CBS uh, last Friday from nine to ten and checked out uh, the episode of Vegas. Uh, please tune in this Friday, uh, tomorrow. Hopefully, if you're listening live to an episode of uh, another episode of Vegas, uh, stay tuned. I'm going to be on uh, location uh, interviewing Michael Chiklis on the set of Vegas. And it's a pretty dope interview. Um, but last week we were talking about this dude in New York City who was dressed up as the Cookie Monster. And he looked like a fucking, like a wrinkled up sock that was dyed blue with eyeballs. Anyway, he, he, he got arrested for... Um, Uh, demanding $2 from a a family of two in Times Square, and then uh, the family, I don't know, the family denied it, or he said he denied it, and he pushed a two-year-old, and he got arrested. And uh, just recently, uh, I think last week, right after, or this week, right after our uh, last show, here in uh, Long Beach, this dude, in front of a 7-Eleven homeless dude, is asking for money, a panhandler, and the guy who he asked uh, to, to get money from you know, kind of ignored him like most of us would, right? I mean, motherfucker yeah. got fleas coming out his ass. You're gonna be like, yo, I got better things to do in my life. Except in this case, this dude whips out a lighter and torches the guy's car and then him.
3: Yeah,
4: you know, what I'm Molotov, saying? Molotov
3: cocktail. Did y'all see that? Well, the guy in uh, Times Square got arrested for what they called aggressive begging. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's what we were talking about. Sometimes you gotta
3: push a two year old. But yeah. the thing about it is. Yo, yo, was, yo, yo, yo,
2: yo. Give me some money, man. Give me some C money. Yo, it's yo,
3: for yo. cash, and you better give it to me. Yeah. But what's really aggressive, begging Los Angeles style, is when you blow the Jeep on fire, <laughs> douse it in some gasoline, let it on fire. <laughs> oh
2: is my this where you come to, man? You gotta yo. watch out. Yo, I got. You I gotta, gotta watch out. I got a clip of this shit, man. Out of a 7 Eleven store in Southern California, a man was set on fire inside his parked car after he refused to give money to a homeless man.
1: This was the scene
2: near Los Angeles at Rush. I need some money right now, man! Get out the car! (laughs) Get out the car!
1: (laughs) Our cars ablaze.
2: In a convenience store parking lot.
0: Officers were dispatched to a car on fire
4: right here at the 7-Eleven. Um, that's what they originally thought that they were coming to. Uh, but when they arrived, they found that there was a man who had actually been on fire.
1: Eyewitness Ed Bolak described the horrific scene to GMA.
0: When the door opened, you could see that the entire insides were glazed. <laughs> and <laughs> he came out, and it was horrifying that he was he was... His entire shirt was on fire. His head was on fire.
2: Yeah. The badly burned victim pulled to safety. Firefighters fought. Yo, first of all, I just want to say something. Seven Eleven here in Southern California, unlike in the East Coast, sells everything. Right? You can get yeah. fucking diapers, life insurance, dental floss, <laughs> everything. Phones, Phones, whatever. Chargers, car batteries, yeah. fucking. Uh, anal lubricants <laughs> Engine fluids Everything It's like a mini Walmart Everything But you can't get a fire extinguisher In that bitch <laughs> <laughs> Okay You can't get one of those I guarantee you The The the, the weapon that this guy used He bought it In 7-Eleven <laughs> If You guys If you saw the inside of this car it looked like somebody took one of those like heavy duty fucking torch guns and just sprayed the shit. Yeah, it's roasted. Yeah, okay. the car you next gotta,
4: to it was fucked up. The huh? car next to it, next to it was all burnt to <laughs> You're shit. Right. It was a white car. It
2: looked like a toasted
4: marshmallow sitting next to it. You're
2: right. You're right. That's it's, why you got to help the homeless. That shit is crazy. Either
4: that or just roll up your window when you deny somebody cash. Yeah, you, or, you just got to protect
2: yourself. Or or, no. ha- <sighs> or have a fast car or get the fuck out or listen up, guys. This is serious shit. You sh- everyone should carry a-, a fire extinguisher in their car as well as a first aid kit. We're in Southern California. People don't know how to drive and they drive, like ins- they drive like maniacs here. So you will need a fire extinguisher at least once in your life driving these freeways.
3: I think they drive great here. I'm going 50 this afternoon in a 35 and I'm not by far the fastest car on the road.
2: Well, <laughs> well, I mean that—that's one thing. But we're t- we're talking about something else. Cutting you off, going slow in the in the fast lane. Anyway, we're gonna move on. Um, Look, we help that, the homeless. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's the give the, public, the guy a dollar. Yeah. Don't get don't, don't you, get, you set set to get right. yeah.
1: it's gonna um, burn you. Don't ha,
2: burn him before he burns ha, yeah. you. you know, help a brother a out. Service out service help a brother out. Help a brother out. Help a brother out. Anyway, <laughs> so as most of you have heard already, uh, we've had some tragic news. Uh, throughout America, um, uh, uh, most recently, I mean this earlier this week, the Boston marathons, obviously, first of all, just want to say our hearts and our, uh, souls go out to anyone who was in Boston, anyone who's related to the family, anyone in there that's fucked up. You know what I'm saying? That's some crazy stuff. I just want to say that's messed up. So our hearts go out with you. Um, there were a couple of things that went on after that with the news media, um, Shortly after that, I think Fox pulled out a uh pulled off a uh Family Guy episode that was uh oh, yeah. that was uh mm-hmm. doctored up. It was, yeah, somebody mashed
4: it up. It they was took, two episodes, right? No, I think it was one episode and you know, they were asking Peter, you know, how he uh how he won the Boston Marathon. do, do
2: you have that? Do you have that clip? Uh if you can get it we'll chill, we'll, we'll, we'll play. It. So yeah, so basically uh Fox um somebody took two episodes of fan or one episode of family guy and they kind of made it seem like uh the the reason fam uh, uh Peter won the the Boston Marathon was by blowing shit up. And you know, it w- it wasn't bad taste, I believe. And th- and they did this before the Boston Marathon explosions. This was done before, right?
4: Uh no, I think well the the episode was before but the somebody mashed it up. Yeah, I think I got it right over here. Okay. It takes a second.
2: All right, no worries. And then and then um, well they have they have apparently have suspects. They have uh, photos of two men considered suspects in the marathon bombings. And I'm looking at them and they look like, you know, bummy white Americans cuz al-Qaeda al-Qaeda dresses up. They have a uniform code, you know what I mean? These guys they look like they got heavy baggy jackets, hats. They look like, you know, college kids. I don't know if you saw the, the photos. Um, is the man, what the hell does this say?
3: Well, it probably was not Al Qaeda.
2: No, 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 no. I don't think it is. I'm thinking it's some domestic psycho or yeah. psychos. And um, yeah, because it says here uh, at a late afternoon news conference here, FBI Special Agent Richard Deslauris released surveillance tape and displayed photos of two young men captured in the moments before. The twin explosions that killed three and injured 170. Somebody out there knows these individuals as friends, neighbors, co-workers, or family members is what the guy said. He kind of looks like you. A little bit. One of the guys looks like me. It's a good thing I got an alibi. I was at the fucking In-N-Out Burger here in California when that shit happened. Uh, so he goes on to say, though it may be difficult, the nation is counting on those with information to come forward and provide it to us. So they still don't really have any specific information. They got videotape of what appears to be two guys with like uh, uh, man purses or courier courier bags. And they're, they're trying to figure out if anybody knows them or whatever. It says the release of the images represented a significant breakthrough in a massive manhunt that has consumed local state and federal law enforcement since the detonation of the two sh- uh, shrapnel packed bombs that plunged the annual patriots day race the nation's most prestigious marathon into terror and chaos man that's that's messed up did you yeah. get that did you yeah, get I that again you want me to play it yeah i'll i'll, I'll here plug it in right. plug it plug this it is in the, uh... plug it in play that shit plug, plug it, it. <laughs> plug now plug it in I haven't felt a rush like this since I won that marathon.
3: I'm Bob Costas here with Boston Marathon winner Peter Griffin. Peter, how did you do it? I'll tell you, Bob, I just got in my car and drove it. And when there was a guy in my way, I killed him.
1: This episode of Family Guy was aired on March the 17th, three weeks before the bombings at the Boston Marathon. The episode is called Turban Cowboy, and in a later scene, the main character, Peter Griffin, is seen detonating explosions via his mobile phone.
5: Damn phone's busted. Maybe I dialed wrong. <laughs>
1: YouTubers have edited the scenes together to make it look as though the bombs in the episode were intended for the marathon. This is not the case. Due to recent events, Fox has now deleted these two scenes from that episode, written by Artie Johan and Sean Lees, and have no plans to air the episode again. The show's creator, Seth MacFarlane, hit out at YouTubers via his Twitter account, saying the edited Family Guy clip currently circulating is abhorrent. The event was a crime and a tragedy, and my thoughts are with the victims. Three people were killed and over 100 injured when two bombs were detonated at the Boston Marathon on Monday there you go yeah
2: it i mean you know not for nothing peter griffin is hilarious that's one of my that's that's my negro right there but uh whoever did that that was in serious seriously bad taste Just not right not right not Um, right yeah
3: well i mean stuff like this happened i mean you know bombings like this happen all over the world you know the question is how we're gonna respond and uh i think the scary thing is that uh more rights being taken away, you know, more security measures, more Yeah you know, more yeah. inability to go places, more yeah. police up in your yeah. face.
2: Well the conspiracy theorists are definitely will definitely have a field day with this because I mean one can if you're on that if you're on that team can argue that, you know, authorities could easily make something like this happen to further infringe on yeah. your uh, civil liberties. But well,
4: I mean I'm not being a dick or anything, but I, you know, I think, well, maybe I am. I don't know, but. That's all right if you're a dick. You're, yeah, my, that's my name, right? Yeah. So, no, but there's some asshole somewhere that's going to propose the banning of pressure cookers or BBs or whatever the hell they put in there. You well, know they what I mean? use they're,
2: everything in there. They use a pressure yeah. cooker filled with some sort of they're a time-delayed chemical yeah, they're explosive gonna ban- with BB guns. Uh, That's the problem. Is yeah. that
4: when they when people start doing that, you know, then it just then they've already won. Whoever it is, whether it's another country or it's people, and you know, I, I'm not like a, a expert at all of this. I don't remember all the you know. But there was that bombing at uh, at uh, the, the what's it called the, uh, the the Olympics. That was a white dude, right?
2: In in, or did Ger- he get in
4: Germany, you're talking no, about in no, oh, in Atlanta, in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, there were a lot, of, a lot of these yeah, things are just are, crazy, dumb white Yeah, but a lot of those people. are
2: political, those are political reasons, a lot of times. I mean, what the fuck is, I mean, what political reason would you have to do some stupid shit like that and hurt people uh, at, at a, you know what I'm saying, at, at a well, homeless community event?
3: Well, I think you have a, a lot of people in this country that are feeling disenfranchised, um, you know. Uh, well, We're supposed to be this country where everyone can go out and, you know make money. And I think that, that you have this, you know, like the when I was living in New York, we had the, the riots, the protest of we are the 99%. I mean, you have a mass segment. You have you have the cities versus the country, which is a really big the, thing going the, on the, right now.
2: The, so what the wake up Wall Street fucking.
3: Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is you have a lot of people in this country that are becoming disenfranchised with this concept of the American dream. Right. And you also have where in the 50s and 60s it was a lot easier for a family of two to go out you know raise kids support themselves pay for a mortgage have the things that are advertised to them on television right and as they as that as Americans feel less and less able to go and take part in the American dream, you're gonna see violence on the rise. Right. I'm not making any predictions, but I'm just saying, you no, know, as, as empires crumble, there's a lot of stuff I going totally on. Agree.
2: I mean, you, you have these schools, you know, uh, with, with kids going into schools, blowing people up, Sandy Hook. You, you Didn't you just tell me that you saw something about MIT students going buck wild with right weapons now. and stuff right like that? Right now, there's that? a shooting at speak. MIT. How are you gonna shoot
3: the nerds, man?
2: Like 51, 51 minutes ago? Isn't that what you just told me? Right
3: now, online, uh, there are shootings going on. On the campus of MIT, uh, you know, hold on to your glasses, kids, your pocket protectors, because uh, there's some shooting going on. We don't know what it is. We don't want to sit there and say, oh, it's this or that. We'll wait for all the news and, to come and, out. And, but and, this is on the news right a, now. And
2: apparently on Thursday or, or yesterday, there was some sort of explosion at a fertilizer uh, a manufacturing plant in Texas, yeah. and they don't know if this it was. Shit blew
3: up, bro. Well, they don't
2: know if it was uh, if it was a foul play or if it was just a combustion of something yeah, stinks. Yeah, dude, something, something yeah, stinks. Something. When you
3: you know
4: when cow shit starts blowing up, what's next? Well, what the, I mean, they use that in the vans to. You
0: know.
2: Hello. Do we have a caller? Oh my goodness. What? Okay, okay, uh, caller. You 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 have a couple of minutes. Go ahead.
0: Hi uh, yeah I think that it's it's really unfortunate that we're always instilling fear around around every event that happens and focusing on that I thought it was interesting that Obama was talking about the terrorists and that our response to an act of terror um that we responded as Americans with acts of kindness and that there was a lot of images posted online as well as people doing good for each other. And I think, you know, NPR had people calling in from around the country that were that in Boston and witnessing, you know, acts of kindness, like the, the guy who owned a taco restaurant who... Uh, we big up, big up, Taco Man!
2: Big up, big up, Obama! Big up, big up, NPR! <laughs> Go ahead, continue. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, it's okay. I just, I think it's interesting that we, instead of feeding into the notoriety of the violence and, and whatever people are putting out there that yeah. want to get notoriety, by yeah, yeah, yeah. Mom, yeah. That, that we focus on the acts of kindness A- and things. that A- Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Point well taken. I mean, there are two sides to every story. And for any, like one uh, disastrous event like this, just like 9-11, uh, everyone came out of the woodwork to uh, be there for each other and help each other out and so there's there's always a greater sense of community a lot of times when things like that happen in America unfortunately it usually takes some something stupid right. like this for those things to come you know to come out in, in, in abundance
3: well I think the question we have to ask ourselves too is how do we not become reactionary how do we not you know like Things happen, and then we make the policy. You know, some guy tries to put a bomb in his shoe in the airplanes. Now we all have to take off our shoes. How do we—you know, why does it take a tragedy for us to come
2: back and— Or why don't, like, after, like, a year of people taking off their shoes and planes becoming stinky from fucking people's feet, why don't we just, like, go back to the way things used to be and let us put our damn shoes on? You know what I mean? And (laughs) why do we
3: need a tragedy for people to start helping each other out? Right, that's what I was saying. If people started helping each other out more— before the tragedy, we'd have less tragedies. That's
2: what I was saying. That's what I was saying. Absolutely. It's, 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 just, uh, it's just insanity. Anyway, so big up, big up. Thank you for calling. So listen on a lighter note, on a lighter note, uh we wanted to discuss burgers, man. We, we <laughs> yeah, we love we love cheeseburgers, we love hamburgers. We all just went to the counter, we slobbed back and snacked back on some like medium rare burgers with all the fixings and shit. Oh but, yeah. But this pro- this was prompted last week uh Rich and I went to uh we're looking for something to eat down here in downtown and we and we came across this like little uh, individual family style looking like, like a 1950s diner without yeah. without the doop. Yeah, uh, a burger joint called D Town Burgers, mm-hmm. and they fucking served up. You oh know, man,
4: it was delicious. Too- I mean, it was juicy. It tasted like a real burger. Yeah, like they it didn't to try be- to do something fancy with the bun and give you some kind of pretzelized and crusted. Yeah. with like you know dingleberries. I mean, it was just a straight up burger, yeah. and it was juicy and yeah. good. Yeah. and you know, it was know, a burger without yeah, all the bullshit. It was- it was straight up Lettuce, good Letters, tomatoes, onions, good.
2: mayonnaise, some ketchup No fucking hope That you spot's know? the shit I love that spot D-Town? Yeah, D-town, yeah. yeah Oh yeah D-Town is the motherfucking oh, shit Oh man Big up, big up D-Town, big up Yeah, so, yeah, so it reminded me, it reminded us of the time that back in the day in the 70s and the 80s when there were basically just like two or three different burger joints. You had Stewarts, remember Stewarts root beer joints? You may maybe you had A&W root uh, beer joints, yeah, I right? Remember A&W. Ba- back on the East Coast, I got you, a
4: couple of their mugs.
2: Right. You had Burger King, of course, and McDonald's. Yeah. So, I mean, but then there were these small hole in the wall places like an old diner or like a remnant uh, or White Castle. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and now it seems that there's like 50 million, 50 million burger joints. Mm-hmm. You know and what I mean? all, there's a lot of them,
4: though, that try to go back to that old home style you know, way, you yeah. know, I guess in and out. I mean, obviously, but then whoa, there's whoa, whoa. The, in, the five
2: guys, in, five guys in New York, know. in New York, you have a um, Shake Shack right. and in Times Square, you have 50 million idiots. <laughs> I swear to God. Fifth, you think you're in fucking Disneyland waiting to get on a 20,000 Leagues <laughs> Under the Sea ride just to get a burger, bro. Yeah. And there's a line whipping around Times Square. You think they're waiting in line to go see Cats on Broadway. Right, it's like, they're waiting in line to get a fucking shake and a semi— a, They're waiting that long to get food, essentially. Dude, 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 Get a fucking
4: salad. Like, I love burgers and all of that, but get a salad or yo, something. Yo, shit, or yo. Go it,
3: to— it's that, a half no, ass burger. You know, burger. Yeah, stay home and cook. But here's another <laughs> shitty thing.
4: Here's another shitty thing about that and and uh I don't know, maybe it's the umami um, umami burger and all oh, that out here? Yeah, yeah man seriously i could give a shit about the big tall chairs i'm sitting in right.
2: and they stamp a u on the top yeah, of their yeah. bun and they the can take that and, and the pretentious just the fucking people sitting model model in there uh, at yeah. the door how many please bitch uh, let me tell you something i want a burger i'm not trying to get into studio 54 yeah, they don't yeah, they don't, you don't, change. They don't let you your change your
4: they don't no, 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 let you right. change it. Right. It's like I want bacon on your mushroom burger. Yeah. No, we don't do that here. The chef prepared this specifically to taste to the flavors. It's, right. it's a fucking meat and, right. and
2: fucking bread. How about that other thing? Mash place? it down. You're gonna eat it. You're Fa- out of there. Father's office in in Culver City. Right. Right. right? Another fucking place. You go in there. <laughs> they got three burgers. You have to have it the way they give nah, it to fuck you. that. Blue I'll cheese. I'll order all
4: three of them and I'll take the ingredients off all each of one Dude. and I'll make my the fucking if I have to do that. Cheeseburger. Cheese, Cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. No. It was and I'll but throw the other two back at the chef. That's in the
3: airport cheeseburger cheese. they try to do no, that. No, that. that's a set and live sketch. No, 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 I know he's trying to order something else. She's like, "No, cheeseburger, cheeseburger, right, cheeseburger, cheeseburger." Right. But there's a
2: there's a chain in the airport here in Burbank Airport. That's called Cheeseburger Cheeseburger Cheeseburger. Uh 893 to the airport. 9562 800 893 we're going to take a couple of calls as they come in cuz we're going to um, keep it moving and uh, we got to do Michael Chiklis's interview. So, um, yeah, so uh but then there's then there's burgers with a message. I mean, in and out, in and out, in and out <laughs> is like it's my favorite. Is my favorite burger. Yeah, you, you, you know, b- b- big. Uh, in and out is is like has <laughs> got to spin on the big up button. <laughs> big up, big up, in and out, big up, big up, in and out. And in and out has a secret menu. You can get animal style with. Fucking oh yeah,
4: b- there's a lot of secrets over there at the in and out nest. Yeah. What other secrets do they, well, got, they got over
2: grizzled, there? They vomit, vomitized onions, <laughs> all kinds of shit. But the, the craziest secret of the whole thing is that underneath the wrappers, underneath the cups, underneath the fry bowls, there's these encrypted, uh, cr- you know, Christian uh, 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 references. It's like Amadeus 4-3. No, yeah. it's not Amadeus. <laughs> no, for instance, for instance under, <laughs> Levit- the, under, the, under the fry bowls, yeah. they have fry proper- bowls fried bowls
4: <laughs> yeah
2: proverbs twenty four sixteen, and and we looked it up it says for though the righteous fall seven times they rise again but the wicked stumble when calamity strikes hold on caller burger wrappers under the burger wrappers Proverbs 3, 5. This is what it says. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It should say trust the Lord with your cholesterol. Because when you (laughs) eat all this shit, you're going to have a heart attack. (laughs) And the last one is underneath the uh, cups. Nahum 1, line 7. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knoweth them that trust in him. Caller. Thank you for calling. Where are you calling from? Yo, what's up, babe? This is Hector. I'm calling from Eagle
0: Rock. Hey, how you doing, Holmes? What's up, Holmes? Hey, listen, I just want to say, man. A lot of people, they especially my friends, they come from the East Coast. I meet them because I work at the video distribution, and a lot of my homies that come from the East Coast. They they make a big deal about. They make a big deal about. In and out burger, but I'm telling you, man, Carl's Jr. Man, Carl's Jr. is the fucking shit, eh? Yeah, I understand, eh, hey, Holmes.
2: The reason most, most, most wet, most Mexican Americans love the the, 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 the Carl's Juniors is because it facilitates, uh, it, it facilitates in the wet farts, babe. You know. It hey man, I, could
0: think, I I could tell that you were gonna say wetbacks. I, I fucking could. I you, were say that,
2: <laughs> you know, you know, hey Holmes, hey Holmes. You know, you got me right. I was gonna say the wetbacks, man. But but that's because I could, you know, because I'm Latino too, babe. You know. Hey Hector, what do you think about uh,
3: your burger wrappers giving you a biblical message? Yeah, what do you think, about, do you think about that? About
0: that? I, I don't even fucking read that shit, Holmes. I just <laughs> eat the fucking burger and leave, eh? Well, let me ask you a question, Hector. Can you read? Yeah, I can fool. and you know what? I bet because I know that you're a fucking Puerto De Daniel. Yeah, baby, fuck. you know That's that. Why, yeah, you guys make a big deal about fucking in and out. You know what? Ain't fucking in and out. Yeah. <laughs> <in and
2: out. laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what? Seriously, I love a wetback that fucking stands for what he believes in. You know what I'm saying?
0: Big up, big up, big up, wetback, big up. Wet back, big up. Anyway, thanks. Carl Jr. Carl Jr. Forever, home. Yo, you oh, got yeah. it, man. La raza, que viva la raza,
2: eh? Hey
1: yo, thanks for calling.
2: Thanks for calling, Hector. You you know, Stop. seriously? Mad love. Mad love for my Mexican people. Stop. Stop. Mad love.
5: This is Michael Chickless, and you're listening to Nestorius Public Radio.
2: That's right, you are. Anyway, but my favorite, my favorite uh uh uh, uh biblical verse is uh is is it's like a mish a mishmash of is equal ezekiel, ezekiel 25 17. caller give me five minutes okay give me five minutes caller give me the five path
1: minutes of the righteous man is
2: beset on this all is my favorite passage of the iniquities the... of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men blessed is he
0: When I lay
2: my vengeance upon thee. just <laughs> <laughs> on no doubt. It's Coming,
3: coming at ya. like I'm your father.
2: <laughs> There you go, there you go. I'm trying to find the fucking quit button. Carl, are you still there? Carl, are you still there? Yeah,
0: I'm still
2: here. Okay, yeah, what's up?
0: You got nothing better
2: to talk about than fucking hamburgers? Who gives a shit about a hamburger? Yo, listen, gangster bitch. <laughs> Slow the fuck down, okay? Slow your roll. Slow your Don't fucking make me
0: roll. You bitch. That's
3: what you slow, slow your roll, slow your fucking roll, cause this is. What do you a, got against hamburgers? Well, you like <laughs> hot dogs and shit. <laughs> talk about hamb- she she likes likes hamburgers I with a message. Where would Jesus be without hamburgers with a message? Yeah,
4: they're just telling you that you should pray before you eat that shit.
3: That's
2: right. That's right. <laughs> slow your roll, gangsta bitch. You calling that, that story is public radio with a big attitude? You know what I'm saying? This is California, we fucking lean back.
0: All right. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. You sound like you're leaning back, all right. <laughs> <laughs> We're leaning back.
0: back. We're Wait, leaning back. was it's, it's all about the McDonald's, all right? That's it. It's McDonald's? What is it? I yeah, yeah. said it. How stretched and, out and is your colon? We're trying
2: to understand what you're saying, but you, you you got like you got a lot of anger in your voice. Slow the fuck down. Meditate. Take a deep breath. Read the you rapper.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, take the Big Mac out your mouth. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, caller. Okay, caller. Boom. All right. Little Kim just called us, got all crazy with us. She Good. got all she got all fucking rambunctious. She got all fucking rambunctious on us. Anyway, what we're gonna do is um we're gonna um we're gonna uh play we the Michael Chickless. We're going to play the Michael Chiklis uh, interview and then uh, maybe take some more callers afterwards. Enjoy. We're on the set of Vegas in Michael Chiklis' trailer. Yeah. This fucking thing is big. It's <laughs> bigger than my apartment in New York. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the size of mine, yeah. <laughs> so what's going on? How are you? I'm great, man. I'm great. How are you? I'm, it's amazing. I'm, I'm great. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to meet you. I'm a big fan of the show. Tell me, tell me about the show. Tell me about Vegas.
5: Uh, Vegas
2: is uh, its a period piece. It takes place
5: in 1960. Well, actually, at this point in the show, we're in early 1961. And it's based on uh, a lot of the life stories, the real life stories of uh, Ralph Lamb, who was the, the sheriff of Vegas from 1960 all the way to 1981, I believe. He mm-hmm. retired. And, um, you know, he's... He's a real life cowboy. You know, he was a rancher who, uh, basically, you see in the in the pilot episode how he happened to become the sheriff of, of uh, Vegas. And uh, you know, when you think of Vegas at that time period, it was it wasn't the beginning, the origin of Vegas, but it was the growth, the beginning of the growth period of Vegas. So Vegas went from a town of I don't know somewhere around twenty five thousand people. And in 1981, when he left, it was nearly 3 million people. So, I mean, that's an inc- that's more than just a boom town. That's an explosion right. of growth and millions, billions of dollars. And, right. you know, and wherever there's that kind of growth,
2: right. there's going to, some shit's going to happen. The, the early stages <laughs> of Vegas. The pilot, you have Sheriff Flam, who's a rancher, uh, and... There's planes flying over his ranch, and he's pissed off because yeah. the noise of the planes, the planes coming and going, fuck up his cattle. Well, I guess the,
5: you know one of the things that, that he says that is that one of the reasons he wanted to become sheriff is to change that—that that they they wouldn't have the the planes fly over his goddamn ranch, you know, and drive him crazy and make his his cattle scatter. Right, right. You know, so he he didn't have any great ambition. Right, and then the 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 job just took over his life and it right. became you know much more than just you know a facility you know a facilitator for right. you know getting the the planes
2: to knock over his it, yeah it, yeah it becomes a project it becomes right. a huge project
5: well you know he starts to get into it and you know and the it's it's really a culture clash this this show really is about my character Vincent Savino mm. and his character sort of Wrestling and grappling over the heart and soul of Vegas, mm-hmm. because it really is the only time in history, and certainly in American history, and it's a real, true American success story. Vegas is, mm. but it's the, the the only time I can think of where you have this juxtaposition of cowboys and gangsters. You know these real city gangsters and these real country cowboys mm-hmm. clashing in the way that they did, but also having to cooperate in the way that they did for the, for the project that is Vegas to have survived. For the prosperity of Vegas to, to have. Yeah, yeah. They, they had to find common ground mm-hmm. and, and, and work together to a certain degree for it to work. Otherwise, it just would have been a bloodbath. Right. You right. know, so yeah. it really is fascinating. All the stories that Ralph tells are you know, really extraordinary and sort of like, wow, you know, I, how did that work? Mm. I mean, we're constantly, you know, when he talks to us, we're constantly going, well, how did how did you make that work? Mm. And how did that happen? Mm. You know, because it, it really is like no other backdrop for a story that I've ever seen. I mm. mean, we've all seen things about Vegas.
2: And mobsters. And mobsters and cowboys, and
5: cowboys right. but never quite like this. Right. And the fact that it's based in, in truth makes it really exciting because we have this deep well to keep tapping into.
2: Right, right, right. I, you know, that's, that's a very, very uh, good way of putting it, that the cowboys and the mobsters had to negotiate yeah. in order for, otherwise the whole place would have been blown up. People yeah. would have died and nothing would have happened. And and everyone would have th- left.
5: Yeah, there's a reason that there's a place that they refer to as the Boneyard. You know, I mean... A, a real place in Vegas? Well, yeah, the, the, out in the desert that they call, they refer to as the boneyard. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you might call it collateral damage yeah, 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 yeah. because, you know, again, where there's an influx of that many millions of dollars and that sort of struggle for power and position. Mm. Remember, this was, you know, people were vying for ground-level position in this explosive town. right. Like, you know, how can I get a casino? And, uh, you know, it was like uh, Nick Pelleggi calls it the UN of, of mobsters. Mm, mm. Because, you know, when you go to New York or Chicago, there's, you know, two, three, four families per city. You know, New York has, you know, what, five okay. families?
2: Uh, Crime families, you're talking. Crime families, you know. uh, I thought you were talking about Puerto Rican families. I was gonna say you got the wrong fucking town. I was gonna say I think you're mistaken,
5: Mike. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Talking crime families. That's funny. (laughs) No, Puerto Rican. No, that would have been like several hundred thousand. Fucking, we have about eighty zip codes of Puerto Ricans. Yeah, right. And Greek. Yeah. Hey, listen, we we filled the place up too. You know, in the
2: cities back in Boston and New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all over the joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go all over the place. I mean, you seem like uh, Rosemary was telling me you have a you you love to tell stories and you have a lot to say. I want to get to your character, Vincent Savino. I love Vincent Savino. I believe in the pilot there's a guy roughing, uh, one of your guys is roughing, the guy who was running the yeah. hotel, the Savoy, is roughing a guy up. And you're thinking, oh, shit, it's going to be one of these mobster, right. you know, I'm going to beat the fuck out of this guy well, Tell f- me who did it.
5: I feel very proud of that scene because I that wasn't like that in the pilot. In the pilot that I read, he comes in and um, he just continues doing what the guys were doing mm-hmm. to him and gets the the same information they were looking for out of him, and then they end up killing him. Right. And I said, look, you know... That's been done already. Well, plus, no, if I'm going to be interested in playing this character, there has to be something that separates him that makes him not just some common thug. Right. So I said, this is the way I think it should play Mm -hmm. out. This guy is is a wily coyote. He's crafty. He would come in, and he would prop the guy up, give him a, a handkerchief... You know, ask him how he is, turn and beat the shit out of his guy that was hitting him. Right, right. And tune him up. Right. And give the guy a couple hundred dollars and send him on his way, and, you know, get the information from him first. Right. And then send him on his way and tell him right. to come look him up, you know. And in this way, you know, the guys that really have power in these situations, in this way, he's tuned his own guys up. Right. And he's made a loyal man out of this, this loyal dealer employee, for the works. rest of his life. Right. So he gets everything he wants, plus the information. Right. And it separates him from just some common thug.
2: Right. He, you set you set a precedent of Vincent Savino not being your atypical mobster. You, no, 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 no. He 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 is atypical. He's a excuse me, not your yeah. typical mobster. Right. He is atypical. Right. Correct. He, that's what I love about Vincent Vincent Savino. He's he's a he's very charismatic. He's the type of guy that you know. I know he's dangerous, but if I had to talk to him about something, like if I had a problem or if I had to confide something in him. He's Reasonable man, yeah, and I think I think Vincent would say, "All right, sit down. You know, let's like not like uh, the Godfather. I, I don't know that I would go to the Godfather. You know what I'm saying? All right, Well, exactly. <laughs> you know, right. Because well,
5: plus you got your they got your hooks and and, and you for the rest of your life, and you know uh, you're definitely you know you he he this is a guy who. He attracts more bees with honey than with vinegar. You know, he's smart. He'll go to the wall if he needs to. Right. But the whole point for him is he sees the big picture. He sees, mm. and and this is the thing about these guys, and this is how they negotiated their way into uh, legitimacy. Because this guy, think about it. You come up in New York or in Chicago, one of the cities, really hard fighting and scraping for every inch and really at the bottom at the end of the day really what you want to do is provide for you and your family right you just don't have the education you you don't have the know-how you know, how, the know-how right? the mm-hmm. society's just not backing you right anyway right. Mm-hmm. especially in that period sure um so what do you do you you know he he they had an opportunity there in vegas where gambling and prostitution was legal uh, they had an opportunity to get in at the ground level, to build this thing, to, to, to carve out their little nook and let it grow. And, and you know, it, it's really, I, I say this and it's true. If, if Vic, the character of Vic Mackey in The Shield was a guy who started out as an idealist who spiraled into corruption, mm. Vincent Savino is the opposite. Wow. He's a guy who started in corruption and is trying to ascend. Brilliant. Now, ascension is very, very difficult. When you're slogging hip deep in mud, mm. it's really hard to pull yourself out of the mud, right? Because you know everybody else is trying to keep you in the mud, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and it does harken that line from from the the worst of the Godfather series, Godfather Three. Right. Every right. time I try to get out, they pull me back right. in. But that's the that was the one resonant line from that from that third. Uh, episode of right. that m- movie franchise because that's the problem is that first of all you're you have this you're identified as a criminal by by the establishment right and the criminal element that you come from is like what are you you. You're above us now, right? Right, right, right. You can't.
2: You're a tough guy. You're, you're, <laughs> well, no,
5: you're 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 all legit and honest, right. oh, oh, so you yeah, can't. Yeah. Uh, we're 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 in the swamp, and you're the
2: oh, you are better than man. us, yeah. I, right?
5: Exactly. Yeah. You know, so you know that you have to battle both of those sides. But mm. I think this is a guy who who looked at this as an opportunity to be legitimized and to have respect because that's something that from society they never had as a group. They didn't have it.
2: Interesting, you know Interesting.
5: law the law looked at them with disdain you mm-hmm. know the people in the neighborhood some people respected them but some people just kept their distance mm-hmm. because they just felt like they were they were you know scum yeah yeah and, or and dangerous or dangerous yeah. mm-hmm. well right okay. so a lot of these guys really at the end of the day were seeking legitimacy not just for themselves but for their children. Right. They wanted to, they want to make a better life. They wanted to be able to build this thing and then hand it off legitimately. And here we are, what, three generations later. And the, the grandchildren of these men are Harvard and Yale educated children. Nice. Who are running these studios. Uh, casinos. Casinos now. Right. And they are completely corporatized
2: right. and completely legitimate. Which, which goes back to the foresight of a character like Vincent Savino. How about that? I love it. I love it. Crazy, right? And
5: you sort of look at it and you go, wow, you know, I mean again i 'm not in any way condoning the actions of some of these men and and the, thing, and the way they got there, but it does make for fascinating storytelling and uh, you know when you can see the perspective you can see and you, especially when you 're a guy like Vincent Savino, and you're looking at the guy the, the you know Ralph lamb who's a rancher mm. who's now he 's been put in a place where he 's the lawn and he 's got a tin badge on his on his hip right so that gives him a license to kill his. His right, people. Right. So from his point of view, he's like, what's that That piece of tin on your hip? Make, it doesn't separate you from me.
2: Right, right, right. You know?
5: So, right. But you, you, you guys really see something in each other. Yeah, that's why they find this common ground a lot right. of times where they, there's, there's contempt and hate and all of these feelings.
2: But there's also mutual respect and identification on some level whether you understand it or not absolutely yeah okay why should why should those of us that have not yet seen vegas why should we tune into vegas
5: i don't know compelling great stories really strong scripts really great performances terrific actors Mm. beautiful production value wow you know the show looks beautiful great music um there's, just, um, there's a ton of reasons to see
2: this Yeah, yeah. Some of the best production values I've seen on a show in a long time. I mean, uh old fremont street the cars yeah
5: the, the, there's there's not only the nostalgia thing for for you know for the older crew this isn't your mother's drama your mother's favorite drama i mean it might be but but you know young people are starting to realize that this is a hip show this is a smart show mm. and there's a lot of young people in this show yeah also you know I don't know about you, but when I'm watching something, I can't help but imagine myself in that particular era. Right. You know, like, Absolutely. Well, what was that like? Well, you know, um, it, listen, it was a, it, one could argue that there were, people had a lot more freedom back then because there wasn't this whole big brother aspect to everything. Let's face it, you do anything now, if you did something on Fremont Street, you know, you uh, you'd be on half of everybody's Twitter and Facebook page. Now, right. right away. Back
2: then, if you weren't there,
5: you no, didn't, see, you didn't it. see it. Right. You know, and and then it was he said she said if you didn't see it. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. So people got away with murder. Right. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Right, yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it was just a different time and I'm not uh, again, I'm not saying it was any better uh, it was just different and it was just a fascinating period in history and, and yeah. I, I, I just think that the shows are very very compelling they're beautifully produced theres a lot of great performances that uh, that's a lot of reasons
2: to watch something. Absolutely. And the show has romance. It has drama, like you talked yeah. earlier, uh, cowboys and mobsters. It has a lot of elements of a dancing lot of... Dancing girls. Dancing girls. <laughs> I mean, you talk about the production value. You're talking about, like, uh, is, it, is does one of the episodes have a character that's supposed to be uh, like a Frank Sinatra type character? Sure, sure. So it's got that I mean, element I'm of right. the... Right, it's sexy. It's a sexy Sexy. Period.
5: But it's also, you know... The, there's this also the struggle between uh, morality and immorality right. as well. It's you know there's a bit of Sodom and Gomorrah in there right. as well. You know where you know you have Ralph Lamb who's a who's a Mormon rancher and he's trying to protect just like we spoke earlier about Vincent Savino trying to uh, do this for his family for the future know, for legacy. Mm-hmm. He's trying to protect. You his know, land, his land, and and the way it was, you right. know, and preserve he, it the way it preserve was, preserve it, it, or you know, he can see—he's not stupid. He can see that there's no way he's going to stop this train, hmm. but he, it, maybe he can control it to the degree that he can he can bring he, some sort of order. It, order. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that it just doesn't become this lawless, crazy, blown up, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, the, the closest thing to this it would be casino but mm. it's it's not casino either that's a slightly different period it's right. a little later you know and it's a different it's th- a different vibe yeah a different vibe there, you know it's the story is totally different they they're fighting for different things right you know this is this is very very unique i totally
2: totally, totally. so
5: i feel like you know if you want to see something fresh and brand new i think part of the problem with some of the period pieces too that you've seen on network is that They've looked great, but there's been no substance. Right. You know, like Pan Am. Yes, or, yes. A lot of know, flash. Playboy Club. The, right. Those looked great. They right. were really well produced shows, right. but they weren't about anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They, they, they lost their thread in what right. was compelling about them. Right. And this show is definitely about something. Yep. You know, I, there's the, the really, really compelling stories. And
2: uh, again, it's a sexy period. And, and you do and you, I'm, you do a phenomenal you do a, everyone does a great job, but your character is I, I I'm I love your character, thank man. You do a fucking phenomenal thank job thank at, 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 at playing a character that you've seen a million times, which is what we were talking about before, but you haven't seen this guy a million right. times. Do right. you know what I'm saying? Oh, and so you do such a you, finesse. It's very finesse and very charismatic. Thank you. Know? Thank and you. I think that you know that's what makes the show sexy, compelling, and interesting because you've got you know, the good side and you have the bad side. But really, what's the good side and what's the bad side? You know what I'm saying? And
5: yeah well Vincent Savino, to me is is more sophisticated totally uh, than some of the other mobsters that we've seen in the oh past. totally oh totally you know, and he is more subtle and he, he's definitely I think uh, definitely more intelligent absolutely
2: now, absolutely he's a wily coyote this which back. which which I wanted to go back to the pilot when one of the guys who's the guy who's running the, the Savoy at the time is beating the shit out of the guy I believe what you say is yeah. is this how we treat our people is what you say it's like we don't do this here but the
5: irony of that scene to me is that I viciously beat this guy down and then I say this is the way you treat people Right, the guy guy who works for you yeah 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 Russo's character, Red, right, like animals, but I've just been an animal, right? You know, right? And and that's one of the dichotomies about this guy that he does have that ribbon of violence, right, right, and street in him, right. But he he is doing everything that he can
2: to ascend from that, right, right. You know, but there's come out of the muck and refine yourself. Well, you are refined. You're a diamond in the rough. I mean, you are you are refined. So. The show is uh, going to be airing on Fridays now. Yes. Well, I think
5: it's a perfect time slot. A lot of people f- like to play network executive and think they <laughs> they, they do. They You know, because you get some people going, oh, God, that's where shows go to die. Um, the television landscape has changed entirely now. Mm-hmm. Pe- even just in the way people take in their, their television. Like you say, uh, uh, we, uh, people buy whole seasons at a time and sit and watch them in two and three days. Right. Like I've done that with several seasons, most recently with Downton Abbey. I, I bought all three seasons right. and watched them with my family mm-hmm. in three days. Mm-hmm. All three seasons. Mm-hmm. There are other people who DVR. There's other people who watch live if they can. And if they happen to miss it, it's being recorded on DVR and they catch up with it later or yep. they watch on Hulu. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different mm-hmm. ways. But the people who want to see the show live, the vast majority, I believe, of people who want to see this show live are our biggest demographic, which is the it's interesting to me, even the way they break up demographics. There's the 18 to 49 <laughs> so-called key demographic. Right, right, But then you know what the next demographic set is? 60 to no, dying. No, no. no. <laughs> (laughs) It's 25 to 55. And how do you discern between 18 to 49 and 25 to 55? There's a huge crossover in those two demographics, right? Yeah, totally. It's, It's very, very... Weird, the way they deal with this. This this whole model is going to change. Right. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna go off about. something. Go, right? go, you know, go, go off, go off. Uh, uh, this Please. is something. It's a bugaboo with me. I've been in television for 25 years, and I know a little bit about it. And this is something that really bothers me. The Nielsen rating system is completely antiquated. Bullshit. No, it's... I mean, I'm
2: not going to use I, that I word. I will. I will. Yeah. I, I think it's ridiculous.
5: Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's antiquated, and, it, and it's absolutely, at this point... It's sort of like not uh, accurate, not real. It's sort of like comparing the the newest uh, Mac computer to the uh, you know to the original one that came out in the eighties. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Totally absurd. Totally. So here's what we need to do: we need a new model. You know, aside from being completely antiquated, this whole uh, notion of the key demographic that was something that was based on. I think an MIT study about brand recognition and brand loyalty in like 1990, and the whole advertising community latched onto it, and that became the model for uh, all of television. Intelligently, about 10 years ago or so, even more, um, Les Moonves said, "You know what? That's that's bull. You know, let's we're going to be." The, the network that brings eyeballs to our network. Right. The eye network, we want the most sets of eyeballs because everybody matters. Right. I don't care if you're 18 or 80, everybody should come to the dance and as a result, they have brought the most sets of eyeballs and they beat all all the nets in key demographic as well because right. it's just volume. There's so many people and it's such a false equivalency Some what some of these stations are doing. They're saying that, you know, for, for 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 some station to say to proclaim victory over our show because <laughs> we we like we did a one seven in the key and they did a a, a two. Right. Which is 200,000 people, essentially, yeah. And more. Yeah. 250,000 people more. But they did a total number of 4 million people, and we had 12 and a half million, right. and they're pro- proclaiming victory. Lutic- it's, it's ludicrous. It it's makes, a false yeah. equivalency. Yeah. It's a way of them going, yeah. go, you know, trying to survive, basically. It's yeah. a, yeah. hey, we, we, yeah. you know, this is what we did, and we're better than them. Right. No. No. Right. And by the way, when was the last time you, you heard about an eight? 18-year-old buying a car.
2: I should count. Yeah. I should count. You the. I agree. I agree. The parents buy the cars for That's the 18-year-olds. correct. Year olds, not the 18-year-olds. I right. agree.
5: And not to say that I'm dissing 18-year-olds because, you know, listen, I want everybody to watch my show. But I. You but know, what an 18-year-olds buying? I want my 18 year old <laughs> to watch the show and I want their uncles and their parents and their right. cousins. Right. I want everybody watching the show right. and everyone... Uh, is equal to me. Everybody matters equally. Right, to me. right, right. right. I don't it. want to look at an audience and say, oh, I only care about the people who are 18 to 30 right. in this audience. Right. Now, that's, upset. right. Uh, that's upsetting to right. me.
2: Right. It is upsetting. You know? And unfortunately, that's how uh, the models of television and the success of television shows are. Well, they have been for 20 plus Which years. Which is ridiculous. Now, and
5: it's absurd. Yeah. And I'm over it. Yeah. And I think. I'm that, with you. You know, it. It rem- I call it the. You know, it's almost like that... No, I don't want to get into that yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, look, real quick, real quick. Three things. John Belushi. Yes. You played John Belushi in Wired. I did. That's fucking amazing. And well, that's... You know uh-huh. what I mean? I mean, uh, I'm looking back on the whole thing. That's amazing. Uh, well, that's a three-hour discussion. That's a three-hour itself. discussion. The Thing. Fantastic Four. Thank you. A million fucking... F- a gazillion fans. A lot of fun. That was. Great. And you directed an episode this season of this show, Vegas. I did. I did. How was that? Awesome? Uh, it was awesome,
5: and I'm very proud of it. Uh, episode 16 uh, of, you know, the,
2: the one I, you, you know haven't what? I seen. Ha- I, no, I have it. I have it on DVD. I'm going to watch that tonight. Oh, you have the rough of it. I do. Yeah.
5: Oh, cool. Uh, All right, because right. you're gonna, gonna watch it. I'm gonna uh, watch it. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a. Uh, I'm very proud of it. Um, it doesn't have VFX on it yet. It
2: doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. We got to wrap up because you're being called to set, but we're definitely gonna look uh, for the show Friday. I believe 9, nine uh, o'clock. Nine, nine o'clock. Uh, CBS. Uh, CBS. Yeah, Fridays yeah. nine o'clock CBS nine to ten Vegas. So, moving right along, we're going to wrap this show up. It's been a great show. Great having you guys here at Astoria's Public Radio. Um
3: Support for NPR comes from DK Burgers, providing burgers. For those who need them. <laughs>
2: That's right. So, so apparently. <laughs> How'd you get that guy, Yo, man? You know. <laughs> NPR. We got the, everybody. The story public radio. We got shit on lock. Anyway, some shit happened in Modelo Brewery, the Modelo Beer Factory in Mexico City. Apparently, um, some vapors. Yeah. Uh, killed seven of their workers, uh, a couple of Sundays ago. <laughs> they were in the cistern, they all farted yeah, at the yeah, same time. Uh, oh, the accident, <laughs> the accident happened in a tank that was undergoing maintenance and cleaning. A spokeswoman for the company said in a statement, no details were provided. Uh, Alcoholism? Uh, maybe alcoholism? <laughs> the vat was apparently
4: full when they tried to clean it. Read, read, read that. Read, it was dirty of beer. Read that yeah, shit, yeah. Rich. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there
4: was too much beer in there. All right. So this was said. Plant manager Francisco Lopez Bravo told local media the workers were trapped inside the cistern while doing maintenance work. Lopez Bravo said there were no other risks at the brewery and that it continued to operate on Sunday.
2: Yeah, just alcohol dependency. That's the only other risk that's involved in there. (laughs) I mean, seriously. You got to take the beer out before you clean that shit. Oh, hello. Anyway, (laughs) related to that, Budweiser. Budweiser dresses up its can with a bow tie. Can you believe this shit? Uh, I can believe it. Unbelievable. This is worse than fucking Coke Classic. Remember when Coca-Cola did that fiasco? It's like, leave the shit alone, right? Budweiser is turning to mom. Modern technology, get this, to emphasize a piece of its past. The company is unveiling a bow tie shaped can that will mirror the brand's longtime bow tie logo. The, like anybody recognizes the fucking logo when they drink Budweiser. Motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> are the alcoholics, they're drunk. Right? The can will be available in eight packs, uh, six eight packs nationwide beginning May 6th. And is the result? of several years of technological advancements and investments (laughs) at the breweries can-making facilities in Newburgh, New York. Skinny the center of the can.
3: Technological (laughs) advancements! Fucking (laughs) retards! Yeah, like... Frost-brewed liners. Hold on. We explored various
2: shapes that would be distinguishable in the marketplace, but also viable from an engineering standpoint. You want to fucking make this viable? Turn them into trailer fucking trash (laughs) uh, houses. Make them look like the motherfuckers. Yeah, make them square. Put wheels on them. Yeah, make them look like the people who are fucking drinking it. Bow ties. People who drink this shit don't even know what a bow tie looks like. Fucking morons. Anyway, <laughs> she's got gonna... a bolo tie, yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> they could <can> hang themselves <laughs> with it. Yeah, that's fucking, that's fucking ridiculous. Seriously, <laughs> that is unbelievable.
3: I'm um, so sick of all these things. Like, oh, if your beer turns blue, it's cold enough. Or your frost brewed liner. Your, you're
4: yeah. You know, man, they're paying way too much money for this. because I don't understand. They don't need to do. They don't need gimmicks to get people to buy beer. They just don't. It's just a waste of money. They will drink the beer.
2: Yeah. Here's your yeah, beer. yeah, yeah. So, so, <laughs> so, so, Here's um. Beer. Big yeah. up, to beer. big up. Big up, big up, big up. Big up. Big up. <laughs> My big up is fucking dead. My big up fucking horn. Hey, are we, are we? You, burp, you broke your big up No, we got to no, wrap this up. We got to wrap this up. Right. Hey, I'm your host, Nestor Rodriguez, a.k.a. Nestor. We got my man, Rich Corbin. Yeah, yeah. And we got my man, Simon Kaufman. Making it happen and happen. Yeah, yeah. Slip, slap, and <laughs> sling, danging. Where can we find you? Where can we find you, Simon? Yo, you can
3: find me in North Hollywood, hanging out behind the building. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook. Facebook. Twitter at the Judah Monk. Judah. Facebook, Judah Monk. Yeah, Judah monk Yep, You can find me on your FM dial
2: You can find me on uh, Facebook uh, Nestorius I believe is the, uh, the Forward slash after that Nestorius I don't even know what the fucking call Nestorius. name is And you can find Rich Corbin At uh, Rich richcorbin.com
4: Twitter my Facebook motherfuckers Thank you so much everybody that's our show
3: Word Get it
0: off Get it all, Get it off it's me. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's me. I ain't doing nothing but talking shit. y'all gotta, like, you know, encourage me the whole
1: way long. Ow. I ain't doing nothing but talking shit. y'all gotta, like, you know, encourage me.